The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Visual Workplace this week. We've been waiting for you. My name is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host, and I am also the author of a bunch of books on workplace visuality, soon to have a new one called um, The Eye of the Leader, I as in the pronoun I, even though there's a nice um, juxtaposition with the seeing eye because it's the visual workplace, The Eye of the Leader, The Principles and Practices of Workplace Visuality. And, you know, I'm about six months ahead of the game in announcing this, but I'm excited about it because I've begun my writing. So welcome to the Visual Workplace. I'm here every week, mostly live, happy to receive your phone calls, your questions, your comments. And each week I present some aspect of the Visual Workplace, some aspect of embedding your intelligence, your operational intelligence into the living landscape of work into the physical work environment so that it speaks with a voice that is your own, so that it speaks with the vital information that you need when and as you need it, that you need, that others need, your need to know, and your need to share. What do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? And what do I need to share that others need to know that I need to share so they can do their work? more safely, more completely, more precisely, with greater flow, information, right? The visual workplace is about information. It is about creating an operational language that is embedded, that is installed through visual devices into the fabric, the landscape, the physical work environment, whether or not you're in a healthcare facility, a hospital, nursing home, and a factory, open pit mine, continuous process flow facility where you are um, in the utilities industry or you're perhaps making pharmaceuticals or chemicals for um, various applications, paint, or should I juxtapose these to farming? (laughs) I shouldn't do that. I don't want those two to be associated in your mind. Whatever your workplace is, restaurant, Some of the best visuals I've ever seen for a quick, uh, quickly turning, uh, a quick turnover uh, workplace was at Friendly's. Friendly's is, I believe it still is, an ice cream shop throughout the Midwest. I used to live in Indiana 
and Ohio. That was a trial for both of us, both Indiana, Ohio, and myself. But they had Friendly's uh, ice cream stores. And if you looked just over the counter, you would see people constructing their Sundays based on these wonderful Sundays, based on the visual standards that were um, created there, posted there, part of the standard work and part of the standard packet for each turnkey operation they called the friendly store. It's probably the best use of visual standards, which are normally not that effective. They're important, but they don't have much impact because they tell only. They don't actually make us do things. They simply tell us what to do. And then if your boss gets lucky, you do it. And if not, you know what? It's a lot of mistakes and a lot of, um, that's not the Sunday that I ordered. I said, no nuts or more nuts or no cherries or more cherries, and you gave me the wrong one, send it back. There's no rework on a Sunday. <laughs> so welcome to the visual workplace. What's, what's gotten into me today? So what's gotten into me is the visual workplace, which uh, I have been given the gift of being able to work in the visual workplace, and it is the most fun I've had in my life, and it's been going on now. I'm in my 30, going into my 32nd year. Just hit my 31st year in September. I'm going into 32. Some of you aren't even 32 years old. And I've been doing this work and boy, am I lucky. This has been uh, riveting. So we're in uh, the process of, we're now concluding a series called How to Become a Brilliant Visual Workplace Trainer. But just before I go into the content for today, which has to do with the care and feeding of our dear and brilliant visual workplace trainers. I want to uh, tell you once again that I will be presenting three days of the visual workplace in Portland, Oregon in December on December 9th, 10th, and 11th, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Monday, we're doing the flagship, my flagship visual workplace visual thinking seminar. It's a really good seminar. It is for the beginner. It is for the advanced uh, thinker, visual thinker, it spans the spectrum, and it gives you the components of visuality. And what's important about it is that we teach these principles and practices of visuality, and if you need a more advanced application, you simply keep going. You keep going deeper. If you're at the beginning of your visual application, you do your first cycle, your first iteration. It looks pretty good. And then you advance as you do your next iterations, so visuality is an iterative or cyclical process. That means you do it once, looks pretty good. You do it again, you get a better visual device, captures more information. You do it again, becomes more sophisticated. You do it the fourth time, and you begin to see the associations with other devices, and you start building mini systems and then macro systems. So the th great thing about visuality, at least the way I teach it, is that it's based on principles, it's based on practices, and it is iterative. So that you, it's like language itself. You have a certain level of language when you're seven or eight. You keep practicing, you keep expanding it and finding new applications. And by the time you're 15, you have a bigger vocabulary and more precise speech. And then when you turn 20 or 30, after 30 years of practice, you got the English language pretty well down. At least you can communicate and uh, you can do some pretty good writing. You keep going, you keep going. I've often thought about that about my own writing because uh, I write a lot. 
I do proposals and things like that, but I'm always also working on the articulation, the finding the words for the articulation of the visual field. And, um, you know, you if you want to be a writer, the thing you got to do is write and write a lot. I mean, a lot. You keep writing and the words become truly a kind of painter's palette where you mix and match. And I remember once um, somebody who was an English speaker said to me, why are there so many words for the same thing in English? Are there all these words that mean good, pretty good, okay, fair, um, beneficial? Why do we have all these words for good, or for bad, or for everything? There's so many words. And I thought about it. It took me a while. I thought, well, why on earth do we have so many words? And the thing is, these words mean slightly different things, slightly different, sometimes minutely different. And so the words themselves, be, you, you find exactly the right word. And that's one of the things, this is not a show about writing, but I'm on a little riff right now. That's one of the things about writing is that you begin to kind of catch the scent or the smell of the word. There's an example or the fragrance of, the wor- of a word. And you want to have exactly the right flavor. You want to have the right mix. I'm using s- different words for the same thing. It's very subtle. And that's what becomes pleasurable for you as a writer. You get just the right mix. And that's what I do a lot of. And I do it about visuality because that's the field. That's the sandbox that I've been given. And I'm happily, happily there. So about the events. Pardon me. Joe, I apologize. (laughs) I apologize. If indeed you're still listening after all these years, I apologize. I went off on a detour. You are right. Please stay focused, Gwenny. So we're having an event. First day is the Visual Workplace Seminar, which is my flagship seminar, my book, Visual Workplace, Visual Thinking, is that seminar. That's the one with the blue neutron on the cover. The second day is visual leadership, uh, where I'll be presenting my models for visual leadership. And I think that they're very, very valid models. Within them is the model for becoming a leader of improvement instead of just a supervisor or or an executive. So I think that's very good. We still have room in those, some room in those two events on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday is sold out. It's the visual assessment day. And I will be talking about this uh, probably sometime uh, in December, just talking about doing an assessment, because the fact of the matter is this is not a visual showcase plant yet. But their question is, where do we begin? Where do we begin of the choices that we have to become visual? This is what we're doing on the third day. Where should this plant begin What's the biggest bang for the buck, given given its organizational readiness and given its particular level right now of visual competency? So it should be very, very interesting. We're sold out there. We had a limited amount of space, and that's now gone. But we'll be doing this again, I think, every quarter or so in Portland. Um, I'll also be doing Smart Simple Design sometime in the spring, probably. We're going to re release that book. It's probably going to be called uh, Smart Simple Design Reloaded or something like that. Uh, it's a new, it's not an edition, it's a new book. Doing a lot of work on that over the last year. So if you've got um, questions, please 
write them in, email them to radio at visualworkplace.com or call them in at 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Someone told me, listen, Gwenny, if you want people to call in, better give that phone number more than once. So I'm going to try to do it several times. And I do want you to call in. We're going to start, we're going to resume our call-in shows soon. But we want you to get used to the fact that we've moved from Tuesday to Thursday and from 4 o'clock to now 10 o'clock on the West Coast. So today, today is uh, the last in our series. It's the eighth and last in our series on how to become a brilliant visual workplace trainer. We want you to listen to these shows, trainers, and you can get free podcasts on our website, visualworkplace.com. There's a whole page, and it's organized by category. We are going to be posting these shows within the next couple of three days, the training series, the How to Become a Brilliant Visual Workplace Trainer series. But this is the eighth show. And on this show, what I want to do is talk about helping the trainer continue. What do we do for the care and the feeding of the trainer so that this person who is the first line of defense and the first line of um, sustainability, how do we support them? Right after the break, which we'll be going to in a moment, going into in a moment, I want to do a quick uh, scan through the 12 components. You could think of them as principles, but some of them are not as strong as principles. So the 12 components of becoming a brilliant visual workplace trainer. Because we've completed that part, and then we'll move into while these people, while these trainers are learning how to do this, let's keep them alive, let's keep them happy, and let's support their morale and their spirit. And we'll do that right after this first break. I'll see you in just a minute. Thanks. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Welcome to the second segment of our show today. Welcome to the Visual Workplace on this fine November day in 2013. My name is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and we are in the last of our series on how to become a brilliant Visual Workplace trainer. The three things we're going to do today are we're going to review and go over 12 components that we've gone over in the last seven shows of what it takes to be a great trainer. And then I'm going to do what's called uh, the debrief protocol. How do you give feedback to the trainer, whether you're a fellow trainer or you're the boss or you're the boss's boss? What's the best way to give feedback so that the process of continuous improvement for the trainer, the care and the feeding of the trainer, (laughs) maybe a terrible title, (laughs) continues? If we have time, I will then present um, the uh, something that I call the process task pyramid, which uh, is something for trainers to think about and for everyone to think about when you begin a meeting about how to calibrate or how to gauge yourself during a meeting so that you hit the mark and you don't uh, misdiagnose the room. Um, then, and then I wanted to say the next time that we meet, which will be next week, uh, I think Thanksgiving is the week after that, yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about the Visual Workplace Blitz, which is first started by the trainers, but then handed off to supervisors. So we're a little bit on the same road, but um, not as strongly focused on what are the components of great training. So let me go over this list with you now. It's a list of 12, and um, it's a kind of condensation of what we've gone over. So, oh, I forgot two things. One, somebody said to me, please tell people how they can register for the December event in Portland, Oregon. Go to our website and you will see or call us. Just call us. Heidi Houston, wonderful Heidi Houston, will answer and she will help you out. She will give you information. uh, She will give you um, the way to register or email us at visualworkplace.com. You can... uh, Email radio at visualworkplace.com or Gwendolyn, I'm sorry, or Heidi at visualworkplace.com. And also, here's the call, call in number again. Please call whenever you like. Call now, call in a few minutes, 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. My goodness, that takes a lot of time. Okay, 12 components of being a brilliant visual workplace trainer. First component, and this is pretty much in order. Pretty much. Do not train simply to complete the training. Train in order to develop thinking. Train in order to help people see and think differently, and they will therefore create differently. Teaching is not the same as learning, but you can teach people and they will learn. Okay, just because you teach doesn't mean people will learn, but you can teach in such a fashion that people do learn. And you know they learn because the learning changes them, really changes them, gives them 
a different way of thinking about the world and themselves. But you will also know that you have taught for people's learning because they will do things differently. They will behave differently. And in visuality, they're going to create visual devices. So first component, your job is to develop thinking so that people learn. Second component, use motion as a lever. Use motion, moving without working, which we use as the primary metric to find out if we are yet visual enough. Motion shows us the information deficits. Use it as a lever. Use it so that people are discovering information deficits, missing information, and therefore they know that they need visual, but not only that, they know what the visual is. They'll see their motion, and then they'll look for the information deficit, the missing information, and then they'll create a visual device to make sure that information is in place. And remember, we talked about the tool of the memo pad. The front of the little flip memo pad, tiny little memo pad, write down all the questions that you ask during the course of a day. Keep track of them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then what are the questions? That's your need to know. Flip it over and keep track of all the questions that you are asked. People are asking about this and that, what we're supposed to make, where is this, who is that, what material, which tool, which patient. This is your need to share. People see you as having the answers. You're in motion because they have a question. They're in motion because they need to ask you. They're not doing their work. You're not doing your work. You're interrupted. It takes us 8 to 10 minutes to recover from any interruption, however long or short, to get back to the same focused condition we had before the interruption. Use the memo pad. So that's number two. Use motion as a lever. Please, trainers. Number three, use the methodology. There is a step-by-step protocol, a sequence of good causes which create a good effect. It's called a methodology. Use it. Yes, there is a methodology in visuality. It is not imagination. The methodology is separate from imagination. And it is there when the imagination runs out. Methodology is the application of principles in order. So number three, use methodology. Use the visual workplace methodology. Number four is don't depend on people's imagination. It's not reliable. That's number four. Don't depend on their imagination. Depending on their imagination, when you rely on that, you're going to be disappointed. You know, and it will be your mistake, trainers, not theirs, not people's. It was your oversight because you relied on their imagination. You have to instead rely on methodology and rely on principles. You'll use people's imagination, but it will soon run out if it isn't stimulated by new constructs of thinking. That gets us back to the first component, which is you are there to develop thinking. So number four is don't depend on people's imagination. It's a big trap. It feels good until it runs out, and then suddenly people disappoint you. Okay, number five, provide a feast for the mind. This is where visuality has a tremendous advantage over every other kind of continuous improvement training on the planet because 
it, our mind is a sensory mechanism. Remember what Woody Allen said, my mind is my second favorite organ. But it is an organ. It responds to sensory stimuli. And so we provide these wonderful, robust examples. And the mind inhabits, just enters the picture. And you do things like ask the question, tell me what I'm seeing. Or tell me how this works. Don't explain it. Resist explaining it. Make people enter the the the. the the example that you have. This is the way that PowerPoint becomes life and not death. <laughs> life through PowerPoint. It's one of the great advantages. And don't apologize if you don't have examples in your industry. I have gotten some of the best uh, healthcare applications out of aerospace uh, examples. Designed to task, my God. Color-coded task. So don't apologize for it. Have robust examples and provide, component number five, provide a feast for the mind. Certainly we focus on that in all of our materials because it works. We know that the great examples will actually give people an experience, an experience of looking, of understanding, of diagnosing, 10% of what we read, we retain. 80% of what we experience. Give them the experience in the classroom. You want people to become a scientist of themselves. I become a scientist of myself. I begin to understand my own work, my own information deficits, and my own visual devices. This is identical for operators, supervisors, CEOs, engineers, identical And the company benefits. This is the doorway to bottom line benefits. And that brings us to six. So five was provide a feast for the not mind. Six is eye-driven. It's at the core of everything. Of every facet of my approach to visuality, I discovered it back in the 1980s, and it was a gift right from heaven. When I get these big, 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 big ideas, I am certain they are not mine. I am just the happy recipient. Somehow or other, I was listening, and here it comes, eye-driven. It has legs. It is it. Number six is keep eye-driven. Not what do we need to know, what do I need to show. Sorry. Not what do we need to know, what do I need to know. Not what do we need to share, but what do I need to share. There are shows and shows on this. So for those of you who have been listening, you know what I mean. For those of you for whom this is new, look for the um, eye-driven aspect. It was somewhere back in 2012. Look on the list. Eye-driven. Number seven, think iteratively. Apply iteratively. Make people do iterations. Cycling through. When I say make them do it, that means say something like, Wow, this is a really cool device. Wow, I love it. But I think I could love it more if it did something else in, as well as this. I like what it's doing, but there's something else it can do. I can't quite put my finger on it. Can you get another iteration out of this? Can you get another dimension out of this? Another dimension of meaning? 
You want people to enjoy the current level of improvement and inventiveness, but you also want to be able, you want to help them see what's next. And that has a very, very much to do with doing your homework and using principles. And those are two of the um, five that five principles that are left that we'll pick up right after this next break. So please come back after the break and we'll finish up this list and then we'll go on to the protocol. See you in a minute. Thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Game-changing technologies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up the status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take a coffee break with Game Changers on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on today's top big data innovators. Learn about emerging big trends and technologies and how you can grow your business and profit. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back to the third segment of our show today. The last in our series, pretty much the last for right now anyway, of how to become a brilliant visual workplace trainer. We are in our eighth show on that. And um, by the way, um, Kevin just gave you the phone number, 866-472-5789. Call in with a question, and your question can be, hey, Gwen, can you give me an example of this? I mean, what do you mean by cycling? Can you give me an example of a visual device that actually got better by doing it again and again? Because, you know, I'm so grateful for a visual device to begin with. I never think about going further. How do I go further? Or you can say, um, how do I get my borders to stick? <laughs> you know, whatever. If I know something, I'll, I'll share it. Ask your questions, please. Um, here it is, 866-472-5789, or send us an email at radio at visualworkplace.com. 
So right before the break, we were talking about doing this iterative thing. Iterative Iteration just means doing it again. It's from the Latin word that means journey. It means doing the journey, during the journey, during the journey. That's what iteration, iteras, I think it is. I can't remember, but it's something like that. Cycling deeper and deeper. So you, as a trainer, have to know what deeper means. You have to have an, uh, an the eyesight to be able to see the possibility of what's next. You have to do your homework. And that is component number eight or element number eight of being a brilliant visual workplace trainer. Do your homework. Do your homework if it's a multi-shift operation and you need to figure out how to divide up the landscape so that you can have people on three shifts or four shifts owning some piece of that real estate and developing it without getting into conflict with somebody else on another shift. It's a whole show on this. It's a, it was about the last 15, 20 minutes of the last show that I did on trainers a couple of weeks ago. Okay. That's your homework. You have to be able to see the change you want. And if you stop seeing the future, how can you teach it? How can you ask people to go deeper if you don't know where deeper is? If you yourself are not practiced in seeing what is not there. So first we see what is there. That's the first level, beginning level of learning how to think visually. We see visual devices around us. We begin to notice them. But when we get really good on this, at this, we see what's not there. I call it inverse thinking, totally important. Number eight, do your homework, trainers. Number nine, use principles. Because where you are missing eyesight for the future, where you are blind, you can simply use a principle and apply it. How do I tell merely by looking? Have I, can I actually see everything that I need to know at a glance? What am I missing? Principle one, how do I tell merely by looking? Principle two, how do I tell the difference merely by looking? Those are just two of the principles. We have 14 principles of smart placement. All of these are wonderful. Have a whole month of store things, not air. Go through your cycle of training for visuality and have a whole new month after things are in place. We are now going to drill down. It's another way of talking about think iteratively, apply iteratively. Drill down. We're going to drill on this principle, store things, not air, or it's reverse, squeeze the air out. Okay, I've got to move through these. I'm going to run out of time in the review. Oy, oy, oy. Principle or element number 10, build relationships. When you train, build relationships. Build relationships with the people you are training, with maintenance, with the facility staff. Build relationships with your Fellow trainers, you have to come to know people. You have to know their name, their nature. You have to be able to look in their eyes and you have to be able to feel them in your heart. This is what training is about. It has a big cognitive piece, but it has a big heart piece as well, an interpersonal piece. You are the continuity that is the training. You are there to support, protect, and to drive. You will not be able to drive people if they don't like you. You will not be able to drive people if you don't know them. You have to know people. You have to know their names. And it isn't just kind of la-di-da standing there with your coffee cup. Don't get me started. It's really connecting. It's feeling 
who they are. So maybe we'll do a whole show, show on that one of these times. Number 10, build relationships. Number 11, you've got to get results. I can put that number two. Your teaching needs to produce results, and those results are bottom line results. They are 15 to 30% increase in productivity. You need to get cultural results around alignment, going back to build relationships. I-driven, respecting the I, respecting the individual, doing your homework. You have to get results. The training in visuality is also the coaching. You're going to teach other people to do it, but you've got to do it yourself first. This is, by the way, we're looking at the lens of operator visuality, but it's exactly the same when you're training supervisors and CEOs. And the fourth and final, the twelfth and final is pace the learning, pace yourself. What is the outcome you're looking for? You want to get people to think, you want them to apply, you want them to drill deeper, pace the learning, pace yourself. Do not train just to train. Training is not the same as learning. You can do a great job teaching, but you never know if you did until you see that people have changed. They've changed themselves and they've changed the environment that they're in. That's how you know. Your job is to, you trainer, brilliant visual workplace trainer, your job is to inspire first, to inform, and to transform. Okay? So we finished our review. Oh, my goodness, we're more than halfway through the show. I apologize to everyone. Now I want to move on. So those are the 12. And I guess I can turn them into a list. If somebody emails me, I'll turn them into a list and send them to you. Uh, although they're, they're part of a new webinar that I'm not quite ready to release. That should be on demand pretty soon. So let me talk about the, the feedback process. I meet with trainers a lot. I mean a lot. And all of you are sincere and well-meaning and you're finding your way. And sometimes it takes a little longer than you like to find your way and takes sometimes it takes longer than I like. I'm kind of antsy and I'm a little anxious and I'm wondering when it's going to happen. Same experience as when you're training visuality. You do a good job training and you hope people learn, hope they change. Same thing with the trainers. I do a good job training trainers. I want them to change as people and I want them to be great knowledge buckets so that they really know what's going on. And here's how I debrief with them. I'm going to give you two tools. One of them is I will put a grid on a flip chart. I will say to people, I'm now going to ask you four questions against a scale of 1 to 10. I want you to keep your answers out of sight so nobody else can see it. I'm going to ask you to give me some numbers. But I, I want you to write it down. Think about it. Write it down. I'll give you two or three minutes to do so. And then we're going to put them on a chart. But I do not want – no, actually, I don't tell them you're going to, we're going to put it on a chart because I don't want them to know that it's going to be published. So I say, I want you to write these numbers down. This is for you and you alone. Yes, I'm deceptive. And this is the way I get a sense of how – things are going and how they're going based on their own subjective uh, judgment. This is how I get into the trainer's mind and into their hearts. So I put a grid and I put down Arturo and Marianne and Leonardo and uh, Roderick 
Karina. I put this down. I say, okay, guys, write this down. I, I give them their questions. Question. And they might be like this. They could be any four, but they kind of feel like this. I want you to give on a scale of one to ten a mark to how is it going? How is the whole thing going in your opinion, in your view? How is it going? And the second question is going to be, how are you going? How are you doing? How do you feel on the inside? So first question is, how's it going on the outside? Second is, how's it going on the inside, inside of you? Third question will be something like, and it can be anything. It can get much more sophisticated and more specific, but these questions are questions where I get a chance to see how people are doing. If they're in a group, this is for a group. Do you feel supported? Do you feel supported? And the third is, um, sorry, the fourth is anything you want, but for example, it might be, Write down what you want to learn today. So that's not going to be a one to ten. That's just going to be a question. What do you want to learn today? We have an hour and a half together. And what I might do, so they're doing those three questions plus a kind of list of questions that they have. How's it going? How are you going? Do you feel supported? Because I want to know what their internal experience is if I'm going to help them as a trainer. And then what are their questions? Give them a little bit of the cognitive piece. I want you to write this down. I don't want anyone to see your answers. Okay, keep it hidden. Don't let anybody steal your answer. Give them a few minutes, nice and silent. This is a kind of normalizing exercise, you understand? Remember we talked about that? We're creating parity. There's no wrong answer. Everybody is equal. Everybody has had an experience because they have a body and they have a brain. And then... After a few minutes, I said, okay. I say, okay. All right, so you have your answers, and are they, are they secret? Are they hidden? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to promise me in this next part, promise me you will not change your answer. That's the deceptive part, because I don't want them to know I'm going to put it on a grid. After the first time, of course, it's spoiled. <laughs> but they begin to trust me. Don't change your answer. I really, really want to know what that first answer was. Okay? Because now I'm going to ask you to please get this chart ready with those questions on it. I want you to give the answers out loud. So tell me, tell me what it is. You guys trust me, right? Okay, let's do that. I want to help you. You got to help me first. So we go around. We ask Carlos, give us your four, your three numbers We'll hold on the questions. Give it. And Carlos says something like, how's it going? And he just reads this off. He says, 573. 573. How's it going? Five. How are you going? Seven. Do you feel supported? Three. And then I take uh, uh, Leonardo. And he says something. You might say 733. And then Marianne. And she might say three. Four, seven. Or she might say three, three, three. And what I get, four, five, six, fifteen, twenty people in the room, I get a sense. And then what I say to them is, thank you, everyone, and thank you. I'm sure you gave me your right, your first answer. Nobody changed, right? 
Nobody changed, right? You gave me your right answer. And if they're thinking, if they're thinking when they're giving their numbers, I say stop. There's no need to think. What do you have written? (laughs) Just read the darn thing. And they read it. And then I say to them, okay, everyone, I want you to talk amongst yourselves. Does this sound familiar? Another step towards creating parity in the room so we can get into safe, the safe zone and people will be participating. I want you to find one other person and I want you to talk about what you see up here. Here is a grid of numbers and I want you to find sense in it. I want you to tell me what this grid of numbers, everybody's input, says about those three questions. Just find your buddy, one person, unless you're at a table with three, there's no way to pair off, and talk amongst yourselves. And they do that. They talk amongst themselves. They begin to encounter, what does it mean? The scores are uneven. Or they'll say, you know what, there seems to be a real... Uh, drop in, do people feel supported? I thought I was the only person. Blah, 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 blah. And we do that. So we're going uh, out of the third segment and into our next break. And when we come back, we will, gee, I ha- hope I have time to do the protocol. Darn it. All right. See you in a minute. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. You're at the Visual Workplace. We're in the last segment of our show today. Today. 
And I was just talking about this grid that I put up on a flip chart, just hand-drawn, and I have three questions. And the questions can stay the same throughout if you're training trainers because the experience changes, so the numbers change. You can take a photograph of the grid um, so you have a record. And Or you can keep the grid and, and put it up to show where people were at the last time. I wouldn't begin uh, by doing that. I think it's important to have a fresh experience. And people usually don't have it memorized. So you just let them kind of um, organize it for themselves right there um, at the top of your uh, session with them. I find it to be very, very useful. It's a really, really good way to get people to indicate where they're at and to get you to see where they're at and also to have a jumping off point so that you start picking up more granular information about the training experience, the support experience, the system of improvement that is currently in place in that facility, in that company. And then you'll get a lot, a lot of things out of that that you can later take to management or to the coordinator, which is a different part of the training. The coordinator is in charge of logistics and scheduling. The trainer is in charge of the learning and the application. That's the way my system works. And you'll, you'll have some real grist for the mill, and it will be done in a very efficient way. So I use that when I begin a training session, a, a train-the-trainer training session. Okay? Now, if the trainer has just completed a webinar, a module, a training session, then I want to do a debrief, but it's a different way. There'll be one or two trainers. Let's just keep it simple right now and... Say there's one trainer, and I will have time to go through this once. If you have emails, I'll take them on the next show. This might bring some questions. I call this the debrief and the debrief uh, protocol. So the first cycle we're going to talk about operator training is has three primary purposes. Operator training, w, uh, work that makes sense in my, in my uh, product line. The first purpose is you need to learn, as a trainer, you need to learn how to conduct the training and support associates and work with supervisors and coordinate behind-the-scenes events so that the blitz happens. We'll talk about the blitz next week. And you need to fall in love with visuality. Number two, you need to help the people you train succeed. In what? in converting their area to visuality through the eye-driven approach. And the fourth is you need to achieve those bottom-line results. Now, you're going to have the help of the rest of the team, the coordinator and whatever, but it's really your job as a trainer to train for application and for change. So this process in the classroom can go right, wrong, or indifferent. It can be tough or not tough, but at some point, somebody needs to sit across from the trainer and say, okay, let's talk about the training session today. And the way I do that is this way. There's me and there's you, the trainer, okay? You're going to be the trainer. And I say, okay, here's our protocol. The first thing is you have to say, you, Mr. or Miss Trainer, have to say three things 
that you really liked about what you just did, that made you happy, hopeful, proud, that you were pleased with yourself. This is about self-praise, and you have to come up with three of them. When you're finished with that, I will give you three things that I liked, and I will work very hard for them to be different than the ones that you gave, but they may be the same because it was so astonishing. So that's our first task. Don't worry. There's plenty of room for improvement. The second thing I'm going to be asking you to do is to say what you would like to do differently. What would you like to do differently? What would you like to improve? Give yourself constructive feedback. And then I'll do that. And there's a very specific reason for doing that. Please notice we are starting with the trainer giving compliments to herself. And then I follow up and I give more. Because I have very specific improvements that I want to see happen with this trainer. And some of them may be hard to swallow. But I can't deliver that if the person's heart isn't opened. If that person's heart, if the trainer, if your heart is not open to yourself, and if your heart is not open to me. I'm not saying I'm being crafty here. But there is a certain craft to it, which is let the person praise themselves. And then you join your voice to theirs and let them know. And sometimes it'll be a stretch. You know, it's sort of like dancing with the stars. They're getting much better. I saw Len the other night. He said, you know what? It, whatever you do, I always enjoy seeing you out there. He didn't say dancing. I enjoy seeing you out there because you're an entertainer. And then he slammed the person with a six or a seven, if you watch Dancing with the Stars, right? Because the person has to show up the next week, and even if they do go home, they have to go home, and they have to feel the love. You have to feel the love. Otherwise, you start hating yourself, and you feel like a failure. You're never going to learn. You're never going to teach. So that's the way the protocol is. You sit across from the person. If the atmosphere is tense... This is going to turn it around. Okay, Marianne, tell me what you loved about what you did. And she may say, well, you know, give me a minute. (laughs) And you may have to take a full minute. She said, I really, and then she'll say, I really like the way I handled that objection just before the break. Remarks like that normally rattle me. They make me crazy. But I I listened patiently. And then during the break, I went crazy. (laughs) And uh, by the way, I also like the way that I handled Charlie, Charlie's table story. And, 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 and there's something else. You didn't know about it, but during the break, I found out my house was robbed, and I didn't let it bother me. So, you know, I'm usually a drama queen, and I stayed on task. So I did that really well. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect sharing. Three things. One of them was a bit of a revelation, and now it's my turn. So I'm not going to be able to go through the example, but I'll, I'll do this at the top of the show. Just write me letters of complaint because I don't, I'm not a good time manager. But I get a little bit carried away because I'm so excited to be talking to you about these things that are so close to my heart and also so close to the life of my work. I had a wonderful time with you today, and I will see you the next time. And this is The Visual Workplace, and I am Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. 
appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management